Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Hebrews 11, we've been doing a series on faith and encounters with God. Had a great Sunday last Sunday with our launch service and we had an awesome anointing service last Sunday night. We had 180 people here last Sunday night for a great time of encounter. People were giving their lives to Jesus and getting filled with the Holy Spirit even before they got to the front of the service. God's at work. Our Sunday nights are very powerful and uh, encourage you to keep connecting to what God's doing. Hebrews 1 in the message says, the fundamental, fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Well, that's a powerful thought, isn't it? It is our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. And let me tell you, if you're a man or woman of faith, you will live a different life to all those around you because you're living connected to the supernatural God. You're living with the divine purposes of heaven flooding through your life. And so it sets us above the crowd, not to make us any better, but we're just stepping up to what we were all designed to live. But so many of us live less because of fear and doubt. Hebrews 11.6 in the message says, It's impossible to please God apart from faith. When the Bible says that, I want to find out what faith is because I want to please God. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. (coughs) The uh, Passion Translation says, and without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. As Troy was sharing, let's go deeper. Let's grow in this amazing faith because it will touch every part of your life. It will touch your relationships. It will touch your mind. It will touch your soul. It will transform everything as we live a life of trust and faith in our awesome God because that's what we were created for. Some of us, we get busy with life and we forget to and putting water in the fuel tank. Doesn't work very well. And God says, I want faith in your spirit because that's the energy and power that will drive you and lead you forward. Don't settle for anything less. God wants us to keep you growing in faith. Today I want to talk about increasing your faith. Don't settle and be comfortable in your life of faith. Often our greatest concern is getting our needs met. But God's greatest concern is developing your faith. He's got a different agenda. That song was saying, we don't just come for blessings. God's got a greater agenda just meeting your needs because he can do that like that. And he does it in all sorts of beautiful, amazing ways. And we just need to thank God for the fresh air we breathe and the, the cold water we drink and friends and family and so many amazing blessings. The needs isn't a problem with God because he owns every. Our faith is a big challenge for God because we don't know how to respond and we go settling for our own experiences or we have a great encounter. We live in the fuel of that for about 10 years. When I talk with people, I love people that have got fresh testimonies and ones from the past. If someone tells you all their stories are 10 or 20 years old in their journey of faith, I say, well, what's happened the last three weeks? I said, oh, it's a bit mundane and boring. I said, really? Let's find out why it's like that. God wants us to have faith for the suddenlies and faith for the daily mundane. We need both. 
Some of us get faith when there's a crisis and we press in and pray and say, God, help us. We desperately need you. And God in his grace comes and meets your cry of faith. But if you'd be a problem, and I believe God's drawing us to keep growing in our journey of trust and faith. Reinhard Bonnke, when he first started out in ministry, he was at Bible college in Wales. And him and a mate went down sharing Jesus on the beaches at Wales. And God says, I don't want you to, uh, he had no money anyway to catch the bus back. He had enough money to get there. And he says, I want you to believe for the money to get back on the bus fare. It was about 20 cents. This is quite a few years ago. So him and his mate were praying. They're sharing Jesus and they're praying. And just as they're heading towards the bus stop, they've got no money. One of the pastors comes along and they knew he was from a church and he would have pretty much, oh, God sent him to give us the money to go. He comes and thanks him for serving, then walks off. And they said, oh, no. We're gonna, and they said, God, we're going to keep walking. And they walked up in line to buy their tickets, still with no money. And this lovely lady that had heard them sharing Jesus on the beach and caring for people came running up and put just the exact number of cents in their hand for their two tickets. And it was like the Lord says, I want to teach you to trust me. And then 20 years later, when he's believing for about $10 million to build the largest tent in the world that sat 34,000 people, the largest tent ever built in history, they didn't use it many times because they outgrew it to the millions of people in the huge fields. And so they used that as their counseling and prayer tent for the new Christians to go into. And it was an amazing story. But he said, I learned to trust God. Now, it sounds like we think a life of faith, I've just got to quit my job and live by faith. Don't do that unless God clearly gives you a very clear journey because then you're living on other people's generosity. That's not always faith. That's sometimes opting out of working and living out your responsibility unless God takes you on a season where that happens. But most times he says, use your hands, use the gifts, use the skills and, and use that to provide for yourself and to bless others. And God will often grow your faith in finance and healing. It'll be in other areas, but they're, they're the ones that you get tested on the most. And God wants to take us on this journey of trust in our awesome God. Understand there's a faith that cannot be shaken, comes only from a faith that has been severely shaken, that is now sure, certain and steadfast. God desires us to have faith for every day of our lives. Let's look at some of the faith in the, that Jesus talked about in the Bible. Number one, there were some people who had no faith. We've all felt like that sometimes, haven't we? No faith. Mark 4.35, they're in the boat, the disciples had a big day, heading across the, the uh, Sea of Galilee. God says, Jesus said, come with me, we're going across the other side. Verse 35, that day when evening mind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Jesus was already in the boat teaching out of the boat because the crowds were so big. So the disciples jumped in and they're heading off during the night. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Can you imagine? Jesus has been preaching all day. He's tired. He says, I'm rest. This furious storm comes. The disciples woke up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? I mean, think about that. If they're all going to go down, Jesus is going to drown as well. They're just thinking about their own, saving their own skin. He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his, his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? 
Wow, that's a rebuke from Jesus. Some say it would have been fun hanging out with Jesus. It would have been most of the time fun, but sometimes he really got into them and says, you guys have still got no faith. Don't you trust me? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I love this story for lots of reasons. It was about trusting Jesus. It's better to have Jesus in your boat in the storm than not having him in your boat in the storm. So just make sure he's in the center. And it says there were other boats. The other boats also, the storm was calmed for all of them. So when Jesus works and touches your life, other people are blessed in the journey. How awesome is it to live this life of faith? Um, And God wants us to walk this amazing journey. The Amplified of verse 40 says, He said, Then why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, and in brackets, no firmly relying trust? So faith is a trust in what God says. And for some of us, trust is a huge journey because we've been ripped off by people who should be able to trust. But I want to say Jesus is trustworthy. He's worthy of trust. And the Bible says, I want you to become a leader, a person who is trustworthy, worthy of trust. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Learn to be someone who speaks your word and follows it through. You don't make promises you can't fulfill just because you don't want to upset people. You're better off not making the promise if you know you can't fulfill it. We've got to be trustworthy and walking with Jesus will teach us this faith. So we had no faith. Secondly, Jesus talked about people had lack of faith. So they had some, but they struggled with enough. Matthew 13, 57. And they took offense at him, but Jesus said that a prophet is not without honor except in his own in his own town and own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith and their lack of faith was because they didn't honor Jesus as the son of God they said Jesus we played soccer with his brothers we're in the same school how could he claim to be the son of God put yourself in it we, we sort of point the finger and say what a bunch of wallies why don't they get their act together and believe miracles they grew up with him and now he comes back out of the wilderness and he's seeing miracles happen They hear the stories, but they get around it. And sometimes people around us, our family and workmates, struggle to see us as men and women of faith because they know who we are and we know our weaknesses and strengths. We've got to be consistent and let Jesus shine through our lives so that they can't ignore or deny there's something different because Christ lives within us. The kingdom of God is being demonstrated. And it says there was... Very few miracles happen because of their lack of honour and their lack of faith. We've all been in that place. We think, God, could you really use them? Yes, if he wants to. Can he really use me? Yes, he does and can. So we have no faith. We have lack of faith. What about lost faith? 25, Jesus said to him, why are you fearful? Why have, have you lost your faith in me? This was the, uh, Luke's account of that story of the disciples. He just says, you've lost your faith. We've all been like that. Hey, we're in church. Wow, in the world. Three weeks later, when things aren't going so well at the workplace, we think, oh, what happened to my faith? We've, it feels like it's drained out of us or we've lost it. And Jesus says, hey, you don't have to live with a sense of loss all of your life. So many of us live with a sense of loss because things haven't worked out the way we'd hoped or believed. Things 
disappointments and things have happened that we cannot understand in this life. There are mysteries in this life and we'll only sort them out when we get to heaven. But I've learned it's not worth fighting and losing faith over something you can't understand when our Jesus is much greater and he promises to walk with you. Remember, he's still in the boat. He's still in your life. So when things, reversals happen, when tragedies occur, when prayers don't seem to be answered, I want to encourage you, don't lose your faith over it. It'll get shaken, yes, but keep saying, God, I don't understand, but I'm going to still trust in you. That grows your faith strong in the midst of the storms. With amazement to one another, who is this man who has authority over winds and waves that they obey him? Another version says, why can't you trust me? That's the core of it, isn't it? Why can't you trust me? Can't you trust me that you're through? Those reversals, I'm going to help you. So we've got no faith, we've got little faith, we've got um, lack of faith, we've got lost faith. How about little faith? Matthew 14, 28. There's another great story. This is Peter walking on the water. I love this one. Can you imagine just being there with the other disciples in the boat? And Jesus says, this is what Peter says, shout, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. Jesus didn't ask him to walk on the water. Peter decided this is a cool thing to try. When you're walking with Jesus, you'll have some amazing spur-of-the-moment decisions that after you think, why did I open my mouth? Why did I offer to pray or do this or that? But sometimes they are God-inspired thought and gear. Some of us suffer from foot and mouth disease often, don't we? Sometimes moments that before your brain can start to reason it away. Because faith, sometimes you've got to learn to respond from here before you reason away. I've had many of those moments. I've been on mission trips. I've prayed for people. I've done all sorts of things. And I look back and think, how on earth did I get here? If I would have thought about this, I wouldn't be here. I thank God I didn't think about it too much because the Spirit of God stirred me to step out and have a go. To, to do what He's called you to do. To trust Him regardless. Not foolishly, but led by the Spirit of God. You've got to learn to listen to the Spirit of God inside your spirit because we are led by the Spirit. We are walked by faith, not by reason alone. doesn't mean you throw reason out because God gives you wisdom to walk out and have strategies and to do all those things. But too often we play it safe and comfortable. The life of faith is because God keeps telling me this belief of stuff. I think, how's that going to work? He says, just don't worry about that totally. God will give you strategies. But you've got to keep stretching out and believe. So Peter jumps out of the boat. Come and join me. Peter stepped out on the water and began to walk toward Jesus. Remember, it's in the middle of the night, raging storm. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. His brain kicked in and says, what am I doing out here? Out on the water. Save me, Lord. At least he cried out to Jesus. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, What little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? I think that's a bit tough. Eh? He's the only one who got out of the boat that had enough faith to even consider doing this. He's the only guy in the whole Bible recorded of walking on water. I've heard several stories from missionaries where it has happened over the last uh, 50 or 100 years when they're in a dangerous situation and God did that supernaturally to get them out of danger. So it still happens, but you don't go... I remember the, when you go to Bible college, you have all these young guys, they have pool plays, they want to try and walk on the water, but they always sink to the bottom of the pool because they want to just be like Peter. You only do that when God tells you to do it. 
And it says, and the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Wow. He got out in the boat in the middle of the storm. He did walk on water. Then the circumstances swamped him, cried out to Jesus. He came, rescued him, and they got in the boat, and the, storm, the wind died down as soon as they got in the boat. Hey, Jesus is very, very powerful. It's worth trusting him and having him in your boat. Then all the disciples crouched down before him and worshipped Jesus. They said in adoration, you truly are the Son of God. What about weak faith? This is an interesting one. The Bible says about weak faith. Romans 14.1 says, Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature, and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. For example, one believer has no problem with eating all kinds of food, but another with weaker faith will eat only vegetables. The one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables, and the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. veggies. Back in those days, most of the meat was, was dedicated to idols. So a lot of the Christians, when they became Christians, they stopped eating meat and said, well, let's dedicate it to idols. But Paul comes along and says, hey, Jesus is great in those idols. We just pray a prayer of blessing and that cancels out any curse that is on it. And so his faith, and so he was able to eat meat or whatever, but some people says, well, they were basically struggling in their journey of faith that, well, we might still be affected if it's been given to an idol. But Paul says, hey, Jesus is greater. He cancels all that out. This was the big debate they were going through. It wasn't just about vegetarians or vegans or meat eaters. It was a whole big, deeper spiritual dimension. But we have got to be very careful. We don't put someone down who's new in their faith or still wrestling through things like this because it's personal preference and opinion. It's not the word of the Lord that's going to destroy their salvation. And we've got to be very careful that we let the Holy Spirit take people on a journey of freedom on the non-essentials. Hear me? On the non-essentials. Because this is an area where so often we get caught. The uh, message version says it really well. Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. <laughs> Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. I think that's beautiful, hey? Because we all have our journey of trust, of traumas, of experiences, of expectations. Let's flow together. Choose not to be a stumbling block by your words or example. And then we've got increasing growing faith. Luke 17, 5 and 6 says, The apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith, that trust and confidence that springs from our belief in God. And the Lord answered, If you had faith, trust and confidence in God, even so small like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. The issue was here, the disciples had faith. They just needed to keep using it, and the faith would grow you think well I don't want trees jumping into the ocean he was trying to teach them a principle that when you grow in faith your trust your expectation gets stronger and doubt and fear and unbelief and other people's opinions loses its power over your life that's the journey of increasing faith doesn't make you better then it just helps you take you to the place where God wants you to live 
Because we need thousands of faith-filled believers in this community that in every situation they walk with trust in our God. They bring kingdom life into our households and families. We don't do weird and wacky stuff, but we express the kingdom of God. We're willing to offer to pray for people in any and every situation because you just never know what God might do. The step of faith, hey, can I pray with you about that situation? That's a great step of faith that can open the door and all of a sudden God intervenes. Very, very powerful. Luke 17, 5, 6 in the message says, The apostles come up and said to the master, Give us more faith. But the master said, You don't need more faith. There's no more or less in faith. If you have a bare kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy sycamore tree, go jump in the lake and it would do it. So it's just using what you've got. That's the best way. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, We feel a personal responsibility to continually be thanking God for you. Our spirit every time we pray. And we have every reason to do so because your faith is growing marvelously beyond measure. Hey, how's this? The Apostle Paul writing to a church that he helped plant years before. He says, your faith is growing marvelously beyond measure. I look out here and I see the faith of so many people growing marvelously. Just keep stepping up, believing and trusting through our human challenges and struggles and relationships because our God will take you on a journey of increasing faith. The unselfish love of each of you you share for one another is increasing and overflowing. We point to you as an example of unwavering faith for all the churches of God. We boast about how you continue to demonstrate unflinching endurance through all the persecutions and painful trials you are experiencing. These guys were in great persecution, but their faith was growing stronger and stronger. I want to encourage you, stir up your faith. Keep on releasing it. And the last one is great faith. Great faith. Wow, fancy. There's only two people I think Jesus commended for great faith, and neither of them were Jews. One was a Roman soldier, and one was a Syrophoenician woman. I'll read these stories very quickly, and then we'll wrap it up today. Great faith. Jesus heals the son of a Roman officer. Matthew 8, 5 says, When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in my home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus responded, I will go with you and heal him. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority, for I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go and another to come and he'll come. I order my, order my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is stand here and command healing over my son and he will be instantly healed. Jesus was astonished when he heard this and said to those who were following him, he has greater faith than anyone I've ever encountered in Israel. Wow, wow, wow. We would have been excited saying, Jesus, come into my house. Come and join us. We get the media here and everything and then we'd be wanting, oh, this is awesome. This guy says, no, no, no. You don't need to come, Jesus. You just say the word because I know it'll happen. Great faith because he understood authority and he understood the power of words with authority. Boy, if we understood the power of words with authority, we would pray differently and we'd speak to one another differently. We need to confess with authority the breakthroughs. 
I believe this church is going to continue to grow, increase and overflow. Last Friday morning I was praying and I saw a stream of people coming through that door and that door constantly in my spirit. And there were people coming back to church who haven't been here for years or decades. There were people walking in and never been in church. There were people coming to get saved and healed and restored and their families transformed. I saw it every time I pray now I see the stream of people coming through the doors. I see them coming. I just see them coming. And I see it in my spirit because that's a faith God's given me now. So I don't, if we have a service where it's only half full, I say, God, but you've said they're coming. See, faith declares what you see in the spirit, not just what is now. And some of you are battling situations with family. You've got a word has promised me. It's a rema. It's a revelation to your spirit. And when God gives me a word like that, I know that I know that I know it's going to happen. So long as I don't let fear and sabotage rob me from it. It will happen if I stay in the place of faith and keep speaking it, seeing it, declaring it. Because faith sees, faith hears, faith speaks, and faith acts. That's how it comes to pass. And most of us get stumped somewhere along that journey. I want to encourage you, whatever God's promised you, see it by His faith in the Spirit. Speak it, declare it, and make your actions back it up. You've all heard the story of the... the, uh, town that was in desperate drought so they called a prayer meeting at the uh, town hall they all show up all the uh, pastors and leaders and all the farmers and families there was only one girl a five-year-old girl that had the faith to believe for rain because she's the only one who bought her umbrella by the end of the prayer they all got wet going home and the little girl had her umbrella all these adults they prayed but they didn't really believe it was going to rain it was just a religious duty out of need. But she had the action, she bought her umbrella and she's the one that was dry on the way home from the prayer meeting. Is audacious. It causes you to step up and believe for things that naturally you would not do because you say, oh, I'm just a cautious, I'm a very reasoning person. That's a gift of God. But faith will take you beyond reason alone. Faith will take you beyond the limitations. And God's calling us to rise in faith. Take God wants you to take from where you are to the next level. You need to keep declaring breakthrough over your household and your family. Some of you, God's given you visions of ministry and breakthrough. And it might be years or decades ago. I've had many promises over my life. When I first walked through the doors here 17 and a half years ago, God gave me a, an open vision of what He was going to do in this church and this city. And we're just beginning to see some of it break loose now. Seven and a half years ago, I've seen signs of it, but never real breakthroughs. But now I'm believing, we're starting to really see it. Three of the last ministers that have come into our town from mainline churches are spirit-filled men and women of God. And I say, God, you're, you're raising up your army and things are shifting in this city. There's some things taking 17 and a half years and some of you have been praying it for longer than that in this place. And I want to say, as you pray the prayer of faith, as you declare it, as you see it, it will come to pass because God's the one who honours His Word. God does not give a word and not honour it. God will honour His Word, but faith is what brings it to pass. You've got to add faith to the Word and that's the key that brings it to pass. People say, well, God's promised me, but what are you doing about the promise? Are you living it? Are you believing it? Are you confessing it? Are you praying it? Are you preparing for it? Have you got the actions ready for it? If not, you have got a Word, but you're not adding faith to it and it may not come to pass. 
he says they added faith to the word and that's what bought the victory that's why it says it's impossible to please God without faith a promise is no good if you don't add faith to it and believe for it to come to pass and I've learned the more I walk by faith the more breakthroughs I see the more trans lives the more happen the more miracles break loose you say well I don't know how to do it I've just talked about levels of faith God will always start where we are and take us on the journey. And if we wandered, of course, He'll bring us back to where we left the path. There's a few people here today, you've been men and women of faith, but you've drifted off the path. And I see right now, I can see in the Spirit some of you today being challenged to come back to the place where you used to be a man or woman of great faith. Circumstances have happened. The business of life has come. You've listened to other people's opinions and you've veered off the path of faith. But today, God has grabbed your heart. It's like a hook's gone into your soul today. And He's saying, come back to the point where you were and I'm going to make up for lost if you're willing to run with me. Wow, I see that. I could, I could point some of the people out I'm seeing right now, but I won't embarrass you because the Spirit of God knows who you are. He loves you so much. And He would even speak a strong word like that because He loves you. He wants strong faith in this house. He wants mature faith that trusts God regardless. He wants faith for the ideal and faith for the real that I preached about a few weeks ago. The Spirit of God will take us on this journey. Let's stand in His presence. I've got some more points about how to grow your faith, and we'll do that another day. Next Sunday, Mary Lynn's going to preach on the rest of faith, how you can not be striving but rest in a place of faith in your soul. Oh, God. What are you believing for today? What is your faith challenge right now? We all have them. What is it? I want you right now to say, God, this is my faith challenge. This is our faith challenge. I need to be set free from these addictions. I need to be able to trust you more. I need to not give up when it gets tough. I need to not be distracted when, when the things come against me. An interesting thought, some people have greater faith for certain areas. There are times when I have great faith for financial provision and I just come. There's other times I have great faith for certain diseases, but when someone comes with a different disease, I struggle a little bit. Other people have great faith for ministries or influence to change. I remember one man of God I knew years ago, every person he prayed for with asthma got instantly healed, but for other diseases, some would get healed. Now, I can't explain that, but God sometimes just gives you a realm of faith and you need to live and flow in what He's given you, but keep growing in the others and don't use excuses. God's trying just to grow and mature in faith because that's what's going to help change our world. The promise and the word is here, but he says if you mix it with faith, that's what brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. Wow, wow, wow. Right now, there are people in this place and God's challenging you to step up in faith. Maybe you're one that said, I used to walk with a realm of faith, but somewhere along the line I've lost it or it's just been sidetracked. Today, I want to learn to live in freedom. What is your faith challenge today? Spirit of God's calling you right now. Oh, let's just close our eyes for a moment and just take a holy moment in His presence. The Spirit of God is calling people today. For some people here, you say, hey, I'm, I need to step into what I once did or what I know is right. And the Spirit of God's calling me back. And you've been discouraged because of a 
divorce in your family. You've been discouraged because of illness. The Spirit of God saying, I want you to trust in me, the author and finisher of your faith. And people today, God's calling you back to a faith walk. And as we're in this holy moment, if you want to respond to that, say, that's me. I want to come back to this place of trust and faith. And I realized for whatever reason, the Spirit of God's got a hold of me today. If that's you, just give me a wave today. Don't go, oh, eyes closed. We're not, this is not to get be restored or returned to a place of trust and faith. Yeah, just keep it up for a moment. Our eyes are closed. This is just between you and Jesus. We're not going to call you to come out the front. This is a moment. And I want you now to be really honest with your heart. And if you need to say, Lord, forgive me for settling for less. Lord, forgive me for being offended with you or being offended with someone else or distracted by someone else's hypocrisy or a prayer that didn't get answered. Lord, I release that to you now. He just wants to just surrender it to God. So Lord, that ministry thing that got cut short, but you're going to say, Lord, I don't understand, but I give it to you right now. And I feel, and then say, Lord, I receive your fresh faith. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.